didn't uh, irritate somebody on the last podcast, we'll probably do it on this one. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about handle, handling on a dog. Um, bird dog, hound dog, you know, building a handle. Um, and I kind of think, at least in the hound dog world, that dogs that handle is kind of a new, I don't want to say phenomenon or or evolution or i don't know what the right popular you know there's something about that that's gotten more popular over the last 10 years 15 years i don't know what the timeline is but um i think it's more predominant now than it was in past would you say that's inaccurate i remember my some of my first town hunts it was like don't let the tailgate down because if the tailgate comes down and one of those boxes come open, we will be here all day. And We're never like, going to catch these dogs. And again. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can't just tell your dog to come back. And they're like, oh no, oh no. Once we right. cut him, he's gone. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? What, yeah. What are you talking about? It's, and it, they, I watched it. I watched it. It was like, wow, okay. Yeah. So for me, that was an eye opener. I never realized that I had never owned a dog that I couldn't tell him to come here and have him come here so yeah and i that's one of my deals is somebody want to come hunt with me i'm like here's the deal like you can't get your dog back i'm gonna go hunting with my dog <laughs> <So> you keep <laughs> here looking for your dog that's fine but me and my dog you can do, do whatever you want so if you want me to swing back in an hour or two I'll hours your or, radio i'll be back right <laughs> you go run around and try and call that dog because i just you know man i I'm out there to, to do something, and it's kind of a disservice to me and the dogs if we're just sitting around yelling and chasing dogs. Exactly. Um, I think and- some of that was necessity, though, because like you said, the last 10 years or whatever, you think about hunting opportunity, which is, in my opinion, what makes a dog. Bird dog, hound dog, whatever. Exposure sure. and hunting opportunity. Game. Yep, being exposed. If you've got a dog that you accidentally dropped your tailgate to take a seat, and the dog box comes open and you miss a whole night because you got a dog running around that doesn't listen. Oh man. It really gets under your skin. You know, after a couple of those and you realize, Hey, yep, there's something we can do to make this better. Well, I, I mean, I'll be the devil's advocate, but back in the day that wasn't, I mean, that, that would have been true a hundred years ago, even more so than it is now. Cause they didn't have the resources. Right. So I don't know, you know, but I don't well, I don't what know made you want a dog that handles? Was it exposure? You saw a dog that handled, or was it frustration? Personally, it was probably watching somebody going, "Oh, crap!" Yeah, he's he's serious. He's going to be on another. So the, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was learning that a dog could do much more than what was initially. I don't say wives' tail or whatever, but it was like, "Oh, this is a hound." You just you put the hound on the track, and the hound runs the track, and and it trees the game and they don't know all the pieces or they, you know, didn't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not, I'm not judging one way or the other. They've been doing it a hell of a lot longer than I have. And so there's people who are much better houndsmen than I am that, that probably don't have a handle on their dogs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, they think, you know, you got to leash up to get off the tree. You know what I mean? Like where I think all of us, we call our dogs off a tree. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people who don't call a dog off a tree and and do that by choice. I mean, a- absolutely, that's yeah. what they believe. And right. And their opinion, I'm not gonna say it's right or wrong because I don't have dogs that I've done that with and not done that with. And and frankly, I don't care. However, people want to hunt their dogs is fine with me. But um, 
I think in the last 10, 15, I don't know what the timeline is, but I think it's become more popular to call dogs off a tree yeah. by voice and e-callers. And yeah. so that's just one aspect of the handle. Um, I want to kind of get into to more, but. Um, well, that you know. one aspect probably wasn't really, really pa uh, possible without the alpha, without yeah. those training tools to be able right. to, to give either, either a tone or a very low stimulus. When before yeah. the e-car was just 18 or nothing, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah. it was like, Ooh. wind it up. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, no guy in his right mind wants his bird dog or his it, hound dog to get, to feel 18 around a bird or his first coon or, you know, whatever. They don't want mm -hmm. any of that negative. So, you know, I, I take tool, it back. If, if that's what, if that's what <laughs> walking your dogs off a, a tree without a leash is, I, I bet you it does make some soft tree dogs. <laughs> <laughs> It, that's the big argument I hear is like, oh, we want dogs at tree, and if you call them off, you know that's not a real dog. Well, man, no yeah, way. That's I don't, that's I don't where it's that difference of opinion. Yeah. You know, like I said, if you call them off with eighteen, yeah, you might you might wreck a tree dog. <laughs> you might ruin there. that one. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so let's a, uh, yeah, go ahead. Let's start with you know. So let's let's cover that that tree i guess let's start right there then we'll, we'll 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 talk about the handle at the tree because that is a really helpful tool for me like i i hate leashes i actually forget i should bring leashes anyways to tie a dog back because there are situations where i need to tie a dog back at the tree sure um whether it's a young dog or whatever you know there's some dynamics there that it's like i may want to correct um and maybe we'll talk about that someday on on our training but but anyways Again. i don't bring a leash to, to, to bring dogs out. You know what I mean? My leash is, right. is there strictly to isolate a dog at a tree. If I want to put a dog back off to, to watch or, you know, um, things like that. Sure. What Jared, so, so you started off with, with, with the no leash and yeah, I've, I have, um, very few dogs have I tied back. No, normally the only time we tie back is if we're going to kill a big boar, uh, bear and we'll tie dogs back and, that's about the only time up until that point, and I, and to be quite honest, we don't harvest a ton of game out here. So being able to walk off a tree and just say, let's go, we're done. Yeah. And my dogs come with me. Uh, it's super. There's been a couple of instances where I've been the only guy at the tree and there's 18 or 12 or a, a ton of hounds. And it's like, yeah. we're done. We're going home. And yeah. there's no way I could physically get everybody home without having right. my Garmin. And some of those dogs required a few tones or a few, you know, low stimulus for them to go, okay, yeah, he's serious. It's time to go. Yep. But that, I guess that's what I meant with this, having the right tools to be able to actually accomplish that. So, and I would say the first thing is, is working the dogs, not at a tree. Yes. Oh yeah. Probably, that's the know. end game, right? We're starting, we're starting at ground. Start at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're, start at the end and we're yeah, like, yeah, we started, you just do this. <laughs> yeah. This, just walk off the tree and tell them, let's go. And you're good. Yeah. Buddy's doing a typical <laughs> skeptical e-collar buyer right there. He's just, we're just going to start right here and right. start hitting buttons. I think hitting backwards. Buttons. We just, we just start from the backwards. So, but that is like one of the coolest things. That is ever. the coolest thing, right? To walk off a tree with 10 dogs and tell them we're done. And everybody walks off and nobody's leashed yep. and everybody follows you right out like, hey, no big deal. We're done. Yeah. And the dogs totally respect you. And it's a it's a bond, man. It's like, hey, yep. Dad said we're done. It's we're done. Different. We're yeah. done. And it's 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 not like it's just awesome. It's it's very. Yeah, 
even when you get a new dog, like when I get into hounds, I had some dogs that I wasn't really bonded with. And I tell them, hey, let's go. We're done. They look at me like, who are you, dude? Like, I didn't have the bond with <laughs> yeah. them. You know, I didn't, right. they didn't respect me and I hadn't spent enough time with them to have that handle, to have them reassure, you know, have enough respect with me That's to go, it. okay, hey, yep, we are done. Dad said we're done. So <laughs> I don't know who like, this guy is, but he, he communicates very effectively. <laughs> well, even like kennel time. So, like, buddy, we know your dogs are in the house a lot of the time, most of the time. Mine are primarily in kennels and frequent, you know, the the front yard. We've got one in the house. But just being around and letting those dogs pick up on all your cues normally, your vocal cues, your body mannerism. My boys know if they run towards my kennel, they're going to get in trouble. You don't (laughs) run in my kennel. You don't yell in my kennel. Kennel, You just, you act normal. And, uh. I think the handling thing, a lot of guys never gave it a thought early on because the the object, like your objective was to catch game and to stay there until you got there. But I will tell you, I have never felt like a badass as much as I did. I went hunting with a couple buddies of mine and I think we had 40 plus dogs under the tree between all of us. There was not one leash used anywhere. It was awesome. Good job guys. Let's go. And we all walked out of there and I'll tell you, with somebody like myself with a back injury, that is was hands down a game changer. I was able to hunt more because my dogs had a handle than I ever yeah. dreamed of being able to hunt before. No doubt. So I think the argument, you know, we, we're trying to justify, which I don't care. We don't need to justify it. Some people like it or they don't like it, but um, they already think we're wrong. Yeah, and and that's okay. And and other people know and do this, but let's back up to somebody who doesn't do this, but maybe wants to learn how. So. What I would like to to do is just use this opportunity not to say, oh, it's badass, we can do this, because it is. I mean, we all right. it makes us feel good. But what is it that that we start with? we got to think about it a little bit more and go, okay, yeah, we can do that at a tree. But it's not because we're at a tree doing that. It's the, the yeah. time that we're putting in the dog ahead of time. Like, Correct. Whether it's in the yard, whether it's on the start of a track, whether it's, you know what I mean, like... Oh, it's I at the kennel. It's in the yard. It's exactly. it's like that eight week old puppy that you're handling him, creating that bond with him. I mean, me and my boys are doing that right now. We've got four dogs that we kept out of this last litter, and uh, the last two weeks we've been just hand feeding them. And what kind of dogs? Hounds uh, or bird dogs? Blue, blue ticks, blue dogs. Okay. And we've got them. I I literally pulled them away from the kennel, brought them up here, and put them in our backyard so that my kids can walk right back there and play with them and handle them. And they can be in the creek, and they can see the four wheeler, and they can see the horses and the chickens, and yeah. and um, I mean, it's all those little. It's all that twenty minutes every day. That's where it starts. That's where the yeah, handle yeah. starts. Way, way before the tree. It's that. I, I would agree. It's feeding time. It's teaching them dogs to to be able to all be right there, all eating out of the same dish, and not having any squirms or fights or and. You know, that's where it's at. For me, that's where it starts. It doesn't have to be in the yard. Like, I think about it and I go, okay, you know, I I got my buddy John Blozer. He hunts off mules and horses. And those guys off of horses and mules have a really good handle on their dogs because they're with them on the ground. And so for those guys, they spend a lot of saddle time um, with those dogs. They don't got to make time. (laughs) They don't got to make those. Yeah. Yeah. And, And so... However you do it, you know what I mean? Whether you take them in your yard, I mean, you, know, you just got to think what's going to work for you and how can you work that dog in an environment that 
you got to do it in hunting situations, but there's also environments that maybe are not hunting situations. Whenever, whenever he's traveling across the, the landscape, yeah, they're hunting, but they're not trailing. They're just looking for dogs. Right. And, and for those puppies, they're just on a little walk. You know what I mean? When he, yeah. when he starts taking young dogs, they don't have that clue that we're hunting. They just know, hey, we go for these walks. And then all of a sudden stuff happens once in a while. Right. Um, I think that's the same with, with a young dog. You know, by you taking them and putting them in your your kennel it's like they're not hunting they're just learning to be dogs and, and learning yeah, to interact yeah. with with you um, when and it's hard with puppies i think because like guys like yourself jared and buddy i know when you get a puppy your kids are on it mm-hmm. like that constant interaction from early on where like myself i don't usually have the time to dedicate to a puppy i don't like puppies period i want them at like six months old usually or older Sure. Because it's so much harder for me to undo. I don't want to say the neglect, you know, obviously I put in the time with them at home, but it's not like you're doing on the ground all the time. So like this pup I have now, I know I can't train her at home. It's just, I can, but it's not as effective. If I go to the woods, that dog picks up on something the first or second attempt where it's just a different mindset for that dog. I, I know when we're teaching our bird dogs, we, we try to teach, uh, say we're teaching recall, for example, we'll go somewhere in like a baseball field where there's no distractions and there's really low cut grass. There's not a lot to smell. There's not a whole lot of stuff going on. And that makes it easiest, easy for us to initiate a concept like recall mm-hmm. or heal or whatever it is. So if you are struggling in your training, maybe you got, maybe you do have to eliminate all the distractions so you can get your puppy focused on the one thing that you're trying to accomplish in that 20-minute session, five-minute session, whatever you got. I, I know a lot of guys get frustrated, and they're like, well, just take it to the woods and just start hunting them. And a lot of guys are like, well, I can't even get my dog to pay attention when I'm on that walk. So if yeah. you are struggling, if you are, you know, if you haven't been hounding for 30 years or if you haven't been bird dogging for 20 years and you're struggling with a certain thing, start with the simplest situation with zero distractions yeah then add the distractions slowly and, and i think distract- the first the first one that you mentioned is the recall whether you call it come here or, or here or here or whatever, or whatever it is you're using yep. teaching that dog at a young age that that means come to me that means sure. i you you come to me no matter what like mm-hmm. that's your job is to come to me i don't care about anything else in the world right. your drive except, everything else is second yeah and that's the key probably to, to taking a dog off a tree and, you know, the handle is, is for a hound, it's come here. Because we want you, when we say, okay, that's it, let's go, what we're really saying is, is come here. You know what I mean? Come with me. Right. Yep. Come go with me. I'm going yep. this way. In the bird dog world, we use a come go with me drill on a long line. And that's how we establish a pattern with these dogs is we just do a ton of repetition of this zigzag motion with a long line basically molding that dog into working with us as a team. And so we do a ton of that with the bird dogs. And so not that you do that with, with your hounds, cause you don't need them to pattern in front of you. You want them to go find a track, but you, the way you can get that same connection or that same bond or that same come go with me status is get that recall. So solidified that when I say here, there's not, I don't, I don't care what's going on. I don't care if the gun's right. going off. If I say yeah. here, you need to come. Right. And that all starts with the puppy and it all starts doing very simple stuff, easy stuff with zero distractions. 
make help them be successful let make it a game make it fun and then build up the distractions then get to where you got the older dogs going one way and you're making the young dog come to you and the kids are playing soccer and you're making the young dog come to you and the neighbor's dog is jumping over the fence and it's you know going potty in your house and your backyard and you're telling your dog to come here you know those distractions when he works through all those things at home and then all of a sudden you go to a tree it's not a big deal because he's done 5,000 recalls at home. One was with right. the, the neighbor's cat the other day that he wanted to destroy. And you're like, here. And he went, oh, yeah. here means here. So, Yeah, exactly. So being ignorant, for the most part, to bird dogs, can like if you have a dog that goes on point, do you work on recall and pulling them off of their end goal? I want like, Ours is a tree. But... Yeah. I want a dog that if I tell him here, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if he's on point yet. Is there going to be very many scenarios where that comes up? No. But I did have Henry. I had Henry go on point once in South Dakota in a big slough. And there was a big pipe there. And the water was going through the pipe. And I kind of got down in there and I had this feeling like, God, this is not the right. This is not a pheasant, right? There's either a porcupine or a skunk right here. And my and I took two more steps and there's the porcupine right and it's really nice to be able to like hey here and walk yeah. off and call him off of that point and not have an encounter with a porcupine and and one of my really really nice ex- very expensive stud dogs not get into that <laughs> porcupine right so right yeah I, yeah we want them to that level I mean that's so probably what... the the most important yeah i've had that question asked to me what's the most important thing you teach your dogs and recall for me Dude. is number one because it's safety it's it yeah. when it boils down to anything you see the truck coming down the, the country road doing 50 miles an hour and you're like here and you yeah. and you keep that dog safe and, and i think that's the one command i don't say the one but that's that's because it's the most important that command goes with the hounds and the bird dogs, I think, you know. Any, yeah, any dog. Well, it's um, multifaceted. It's here for safety. It's here is a track. Exactly. Here is the truck. You know, it's it's universal. Yeah. You can use that redirect or recall or whatever for so many things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even, like you say, there's just different things. On the bird world, they always teach sit, lay down, stay. You know I mean? Different things like that, I think. Which is amazing that this bird dog I have is learned to sit so quickly. My hounds just look at me like, "Can you just give me the treat?" You know, right? I, I don't, <laughs> we know we're gonna get there eventually. Just give it to me now. <laughs> I've given up. I'm like, I don't. I'll really think care. about doing it. You don't yeah. need to sit anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah, um, totally. And I haven't fully, you know, maybe a better trainer could do that. I I don't have the desire because I don't see the need. You know what I mean? Like, my, yeah, there's my hounds don't there's need no. To sit. Well, there's really no predisposition for that hound to sit, right? There's no, yeah. there's no logical reason to teach him to do that. Why do you think a bird dog does it so naturally? Um, I think, I, I don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was hoping you did. I wish I did. I know the last. Do the you lap- see the same thing? Do you see that you're? I mean, I don't. Know if a you lot of my bird dogs, them. yeah. A lot of my bird dogs, I teach them to place. So I don't teach them to sit. A lot of the pointing dogs, you don't want them to learn sit until they're woe broke. Because if you yeah. teach too much sit, then you're going to have this dog sitting down in the middle of the field. He'll go on point, you'll walk up there and he'll sit. And he'll be like, well, no, 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 no. You got to stand up and look pretty, you know, and get that <laughs> tail in the air. Picture. Yeah, that's right. Got to get a picture of that. Yep. 
So, um, but the retrieving world, the lab world, I think I think it's just something that we've bred as far as intelligence. I think it's a level of intelligence towards a certain task. We've bred so hard to get a dog to trail that we're not worried about, hey, I need you to focus on sitting down and, and not and paying attention, yeah. taking a hand signal, for example. So I, I think it's some some of it's genetic disposition, like hounds have been bred to track and trail and tree and bird dogs are over here. Hey, I need you to use your nose and I need you to work with me as a team so yep. that we can get the duck out of the water, you know, whatever it is. No, I I definitely see a difference, you know, in the, and I haven't spent a lot of time trying to teach a, a hound too much because that's not what, you know, I teach them things and the things I need them to do, they do fairly well. You know what I mean? As far yeah. as, you know, load up on my truck and things right. like that. Um, I know in the beginning of your podcast, you were talking about trying to get your hound load up in your truck. And it was stupid. <laughs> I you had still some, have that problem? A, a few, no. No, a few <laughs> of those first hounds I got were off of the classified ads. I, I distinctly remember sitting on the back porch of my, at my house. And I had three dogs at the time. And I got them all free or given to me or classified cheap thing. And my wife looks at me and goes, you're a professional dog trainer. Why are you messing with these dogs off of the classifieds? Why don't you do the same thing in your in the hound world that you did in the bird dog world, which was go find the very best dog you could yeah. and bring it into your pack. And, I, and man, that's that's really sad to say, but I was just trying to, I don't know. It was like when you're you first treated the hound differently. Yeah. And, and, and man that that for me was like duh so right then and there i got rid of those three dogs and went and bought a really really nice finished <laughs> hound and that's when things started clicking for me in the hound world it was like okay yep it's time to go buy that finished dog that can do truck to tree yeah and quit messing I think, around i think um it was a it was a hot it was a it was something i was dabbling with right i wasn't yeah. really in it my wife didn't want me to be in it either she didn't want me to have hounds and so it was like Oh, I, I got this dog for free, and I snuck this one into the kennel. You know, shitty dog. My, and my she really buddy. don't like hounds now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when she kind of gave me the okay, like, why are you messing with this? Get after it. It was like, done. Sweet. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to Oregon. I'll be back. <laughs> so you know, that brings me up to a point. Do you think training a hound is more difficult or or? harder so we're getting off our topic of yeah we're of getting the, away from that handle the handle um, but i i want and, and i think there are things that are harder to teach hounds than there are bird dogs and vice versa you know you couldn't teach a hound to stand on point he's just he's just not going to stand there and whoa well you don't need to teach it to stand on point but teaching a hound to, to catch a bear there's there's just way different right because yeah it's um, about as like you said, you getting get. a finished dog probably shortened your training. So my question to you is: Is could you? I, I guess you you know you'd have to get a really shitty bird dog, you know, for a comparison. But right, is it easier? Do you find for bird dogs to be successful? Maybe are they you know? I don't know. Is that, is that a question? The demands but, are so different. Though. Yeah, it's not even comparing apples to apples. It's not even mm -hmm. close. But I can say this: in the bird dog world, the first bird dog I got. She was a good dog. I put a lot of work into getting her to be just average. The next dog I got had so much natural instinct to point, retrieve, and hunt and work with me that I spent one-tenth of the time, and I had a thousand-time better dog. Yeah. Because I had the right dog with the right genetics, the right 
disposition, all that. So in the hound dog world, when I started, I did it wrong, right? I did it. I did the wrong thing. I should have went and got a really nice dog or hunted with some really nice dogs. Um, yeah, and then, agree. and then started there instead of, I don't know why I went the classified route. I don't, it was just stupidest thing. We just get stupid when we get in the yeah. house. <laughs> but, well, and like you were saying in the, in the bird dog world, there's a lot of conscious breeding efforts for that 50 50 there is. so you're taking natural instinct and biteability biteability yep. where yeah where hounds it's it's still like buddy said it's fairly new and their drive is overpowering what you guys have bred to accentuate i think yeah and you could have a hound that has a ton of drive and still be successful right you can still clip him up at the tree lead him home and go home mm-hmm. and be like yeah that was awesome right yep but if you yeah. go to the bird dog world and you didn't have enough, <laughs> and you didn't, yeah, and you didn't have enough driver, enough intelligence, you're into this week six or eight, and you're like, this dog's stupid. It doesn't have any drive, and it's stupid, and it won't get in the truck, and it doesn't listen to my wife, and it pees on the carpet. I mean, we're when, gonna put this on Craigslist and sell it. Yeah, Sorry. when you, <laughs> when you when you have a hound that does a lot of good things right and still does four or five things wrong, you're okay. You can look past that. But when you got, yeah. if you've got a bird dog that can't can't hunt, doesn't hunt, has zero natural ability, and is an idiot, then you're just like, what's yeah. the point? Why do I own this thing? Right. So well, what? So we went through the the. I think the recall command is the first and most important part of handling. So we're circling back to handling. Yeah. I think for anybody starting out, that dog not just throw it in a truck and take it out in the woods and throw it on a track. You know what I mean? If you right. want a dog that handles, that's not the way to build a handle. I mean, sure. in my opinion, and I'm, I'm no expert, but um, in the yard, taking it on walks, you know, those types of things um, help your handle. You know what I mean? Sure. It doesn't mean you have to, and I'm not saying you got to go take your dog on walks in the park or anything like that. But the more you are around your dog, on leash, off leash. I don't use leashes, so I'm always off leash. Yeah. I guess there is certain times like going to the vet or something, maybe I'm on leash. So I do teach on leash so that you don't look like a freak when the vet's got a... In COVID days when you got to walk into the, mm-hmm. the thing and you're dragging your puppy into the vet for shots. Right. You know, uh, that's my first thing is, is, man, spend time with your dog. The more time you spend with it, the better it is. And if you can do it hunting more power to you you know what i mean if right. you can take it going hunting every day or five days a week that handle is going to come naturally if you work on it while you're hunting if you can't go hunting that much then then spend some time in the yard with it right make 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 excuses to spend time together yeah it's in the bird dog world we talk a lot about the bond and getting to where your dog can work with you without having to really even talk yep. and and it's the same in the hound world if you spend enough time with that dog you can just have a tone in your voice that says, hey, and the dog goes, oh, yeah, we're not doing that today. We're not yeah. supposed to be doing that. Right. And so nothing, nothing, there's no shortcuts in the dog world. They're just really not. You, right. It all boils down to creating that bond, and that bond comes from time. You can't you can't shortcut that one. Even, even me, when I went and bought those fin- uh, finished dog, you know, that dog was a dang nice dog, but it took me some time to, to get that dog's respect. And it took some time to build a bond with that dog so that when we were in the backyard just hanging out, she wasn't being a fruitcake either. You know, she wasn't chasing yeah. the chickens. So, yeah. 
it's all about time, time and exposure. And then as, as your, your job as the owner is to start learning how to, and hopefully this podcast can help you, is to start learning how to read that dog's body language, start learning how to tra- be a trainer, be a better trainer, want, want to be better, you know? You don't have to, we don't have to do things the same way we did them 100 years ago. We've got technology. We got, there's better ways to train. And I think yeah. that's one thing we can do is help everybody realize, hey, 10 or 20 minutes every day, five days a week, will get you a lot more return with your dog than spending four hours on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Those little puppies, 10 minutes every night, even if you're just hand feeding him, you're creating a bond, a huge bond. I mean, a deep bond. Mm. That dog yeah. knows the only way he gets fed is from your hand. There's a lot of, in their in their world, that means a lot. That carries a lot of weight. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, and it, like one of the things is, is, I spend time in a tree. You know what I mean? Just hang out with that tree just with those dogs out. when they, you know, when it's time, just be like, man, that was when they catch it. You know, sometimes learning to just slow down, watch yes. the dogs, and you, you, I, at least for me, I found that I really start to, you know, watch the body language, watch that dog. I get closer to that dog the more time I slow down and, and think about yeah. it. So whether it's a walk or whether it's out in the yard or, you know, sometimes on my couch whatever yeah no it is <laughs> yeah i i i'll take the dog with me to work you know what i mean yeah. and, and just oh, yeah, come on Della, you're gonna go with me to work and just being with you is huge just hanging out yeah. and, and she hates it at w i can tell you right now she just looks at the window like this sucks dad this sucks. what That's the good, hell right? are we doing here but just building time with the dog and i think it's helped my handle you know what i mean as no far doubt. as i can i can go for walks for sure. you know like we were camping and i we go on a mile or two mile walk with all all the dogs and and i'm not gonna say if they don't come across a, a track that they're not gonna immediately switch over and try to hunt but they know that we're on a walk and if i gotta call them back off a track or whatever because that's not what we're doing then i do that but they really do enjoy it i mean i, yeah, and I start do. to enjoy it a lot more than i i thought i would so no well, cool. we're gonna have to do another handling episode because <laughs> just the the recall i mean i've got a hundred questions for you jared too good just for the comparison good. between the two and it's well before we good. wrap it up let's get one of those questions yeah let's well what's one? i got kind of a short one and i put it on the same pedestal as i do the recall and i i would say tethering sure. is one of a really good tools that we can use I mean, yes, there are laws against it, like as far as dogs living in certain states is tethered. But I really like to tether break a dog early on. And I like to do that in multiple phases. One, where I'm right next to the dog. Two, that I'm within sight of the dog. And three, that I'm completely out of the picture. Sure. And I think that those three different aspects bring different pieces to the training program. Like dog's leash broke if it's tether broke yeah in my experience a lot of times yes if you're within sight and that dog can sit there and be settled mm-hmm. in my opinion that is when you start your training or you start working with them and you're making that real connection with them sure. and then to be able to go out after the dog has been on a tether i'm out of sight and to come back and when you start noticing that things don't change much I feel like I'm making it somewhere. That dog's not getting overly excited. It's just this is part of the process. Do you use tethering or do you see the absolutely the benefits of you it? Bet. Yeah, we tether dogs and we teach them to sit on a chain, sit on a stakeout, and 
a lot of it goes back to the compete competition days when we'd come out of the truck, we would stake dogs out. And I would see how being on a stakeout for all weekend with me at the, the field trial would help that dog learn to calm his mind and learn to not pull on the leash. All these little things. As a dog trainer, I was like, wow, that's one simple task of just being tethered. And look how many things I'm accomplishing with my dog. And I don't even have right. to be like, – I can be at the end of the tailgate talking to my buddy and my dog's learning. So that's the best. When I see a dog laying there while I'm talking and there's 20 dogs barking around it, right. like that's when I know it's like we're finally we're, getting We're somewhere. getting there. Yeah. There's so many um little things like that that we can use that we're not using on a daily basis that can help us get a better handle and get a better bond and get a better dog. And it's just it's just sometimes you as a dog trainer you got to think outside the box and be like, "Okay, I've only got 10 minutes today." How, what can I do that's effective? Or I'm going to be gone for an hour, but I want my dog to be learning something while I'm gone. Tethering is a great one. It's, it's, it does so many cool things. Yeah, I think that's a great – that's a whole – man, we could have a whole podcast just on tethering. But, yeah, right. I think that's a great place. One thing that helps um, – we use the tethering to help the dog realize we're getting into, like, a teaching mode. So we'll take all the dogs, we'll load them up in the dog trailer, we'll go out to the training grounds, and then each dog is tethered out. And those dogs, those bird dogs are watching. So I got 15 dogs tethered out there. They're all watching every other dog do their deal. And there's a lot of monkey see, monkey do learning going on while they're sitting on the tether. So a lot of, I mean, there's tons of great things there, Jason. I think that that's over, overseen a lot. You can't tether a dog out, then you probably can't hold him on a leash. You can't walk him on a leash. He probably can't be calm in his mind. He's going to have a hard time being in a box. Just a hundred little things that will help him do. Yeah. Great point. Great, great point. All right. Jason's got a good point. Point for Jason. He's got a good question. Plus points. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess this well, I, guess... I just know I struggled. Like, I struggled way early on, you know, and – like you said, in the hound world, it is hard to find good help and good advice. Good advice. There's a ton of it out there, yeah. but usable knowledge that is being passed on with the right intentions to new hunters is really hard to find, yeah. I think. So yeah. that's why I'm excited about this podcast, you know, lay it out for people. When it comes to the handle, man, it all starts with those little guys and it all starts with a little bit of time every day. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. That was a good one. I think we'll wrap it up here, and Jared will get back together when we get some time and we we'll do some more. Cool. If you're listening to this podcast, guys, we want you to give us questions, topics, things you want us to discuss. Um, again, you know, not saying that us three are the only ones that are going to be in this training topic. If you got a, a topic that that you're an expert in and you want to come in and talk about it with us, give us a call. Like we'll set it up. We'll get the you got to be able to run a computer, right, Jared? That's right. You got to computer. <laughs> Make sure you check your audio. Make sure Jared's you the new tech guy. Get your audio <laughs> set up. <laughs> we, won't, we won't pick on Jared too much more, but we had to wait a few minutes for Jared to get his computer set yeah, up. Yeah, man. Too many buttons to push sometimes. <laughs> Just wishes with dog. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you.